Coming to you from QT4CM.org. This is the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry Podcast. Today's podcast answers another part of the question that comes from a missionary in the field. Give us tips and practical tools on making decisions about change, moving forward or terminating a ministry that isn't productive, or standing fast with a hope for future breakthroughs. This is a multifaceted question that I am breaking into a few podcasts. The last podcast was on listening to God to make decisions regarding a ministry change, and I also gave a few decision-making tools. This podcast is on what success in ministry might look like, when to hang fast, and when to quit and move on. And finally, the next one will be on making a change with practical steps. Today's podcast will be on what success in ministry might look like, whether to hang fast to that call, and then when to completely change. First, let me ask these questions. How does God view success? What might a successful ministry look like? According to Joseph Prince, God's definition of success is contrary to the world's definition. A corporate America measures success based on what you have done, what you have accomplished, and what you have accumulated. It is based entirely on you focusing on all your time, energy, and resources in meriting titles and collecting accomplishments. He goes on to say, Now we have witnessed how this self-indulgent accumulation has led to the subcrime crisis, the decimation of investment banks, and a widespread international financial meltdown. And then he finally ends with, It is the presence of the Lord in your life that makes you a success. From Genesis 39.2, it is clear that success is not what you have— or what you have accomplished, but rather who you have. Joseph literally had nothing materially, but at the same time, he had everything because the Lord was with him. This is taken from a Charisma magazine article. Let's remember some truths. Numbers are not important to God, yet God being glorified is important, and God's goal is to reach everyone and have relationships with all of them where each individual loves and glorifies Him. What is really important is this for your ministry, you and God. You, your relationship with God, and your obedience and faithfulness to Him is what is most important. Here are a few examples of God's idea of success from the Bible. And then I will give you a few more other modern-day stories to encourage you to hang on if that is what God wants you to do. Let's think of the Old Testament. Think about Jeremiah or Hosea or Abraham. If we look at the Holy Scriptures, we do see God's idea of success, and it has a lot to do with faith and our faithfulness and our trust in Him. In the book of Hebrews, it is put very clearly. In Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16, it says, All these people 
were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, let's think of some New Testament characters. Stephen, the first martyr. Jesus himself, and being deserted at the very end of his ministry, and many others. We like to focus on the big numbers in Acts, too, and the big successes of the Apostle Paul, as well as focus on other more traditional success stories from the Bible. But remember, even Paul met with very small groups, at least at the beginning. Then I would like to give you now some modern examples to encourage you to keep on. Two stories where the big growth started actually in this second generation. Let's take a look at a lady named Mrs. Clapp, who began to pray in 1940. And she prayed for the young people in her community. Do you know her first name? I doubt it. And you probably don't know who she is. But she is the woman who prayed for George Verwer and for his salvation and spiritual growth. George was a rather naughty young man, but Mrs. Clapp persisted in her prayer, and eventually George not only followed Jesus, but he became the founder of Operation Mobilization, one of the world's largest mission organizations in the world today. This woman was called committed and faithful. A second example of the same kind of growth and success lies in the neighbors who invited a family to church, but only the young boy accepted that invitation. These neighbors brought this boy to church Sunday after Sunday, faithfully caring for him and for his spiritual growth. Now, this boy is a pastor of a megachurch, and his story is taken from a book called The Power of a Whisper. I, too, have almost the exact same story to tell about myself, and to this day I thank Ed and Laura Hamilton for their love and faithfulness in my faith journey, just as I thank God for pursuing me. The Hamiltons were also called committed and faithful. That is what God wants of us, to be faithful to Him, committed to Him, and that we heed His call, whatever it may be. In the last podcast, I talked about hearing God's voice. For me, that is your call. Have you heard God's voice? And has it been confirmed in Scripture with your passion and gifts by the Holy Spirit and by other trusted people? Then you are doing what you're supposed to do. Stay committed and faithful. So here are some suggestions to consider when you continue the path you are going. Your idea is great. Your strategy is pretty perfect even if you say so yourself, or it can be perfected. You are doing the right things with the right motives. You and your team have the right competencies, or you're willing to learn them. You are focusing on the most important things. And remember that 80-20 principle, spend time on the people and activities that help the most, unless you feel called to the hardest edges of ministry. Then you should have a decision-making process already in place to decide if and when change needs to happen, and you are already willing and do change when necessary. You tweak things, 
and of course, all your systems, financial, logistic, discipleship, etc., are workable, and they allow you to focus on your one big thing. Your mission, of course, should be doing financially okay, at least. And most importantly, you are still very passionate about your ministry, and you are moving forward with it. But maybe you are committed to what God has put on your heart in general, yet you feel like something is not right. Maybe you know that you now need to change something, either the way you are doing it or what you are doing. So here's some ideas of when to go and try something else. First, maybe you have been misunderstanding things. Maybe you have missed God's message or got it a little wrong. And I have listed at the bottom of this podcast in the notes a TED Talk which talks about this on being wrong. Or maybe your medium is wrong. This can be explained, for example, with trying to reach young people with Facebook. Facebook is basically out for the younger people, and it's more for people my age these days. The younger people use other social media apps much more. Or your idea has become more important than anything else, including the people close to you or the people you minister to. Often we forget the why. Or your cons outweigh your pros, even if they don't outnumber them. And this one is big. You can't answer the big questions like, why are you doing this? Why did X or Y or Z happen? How did you miss that thing? Or your shortcuts are cutting you and the ministry short, and you're not doing the job right. Maybe you have tried everything you can think of and it's still not working. It could also be that the people you serve have changed since starting the ministry. And you don't think or you don't feel you can change to fit their need or their culture. Or maybe you have changed. Maybe you are becoming more introverted, for example, and the ministry requires a lot of initiative taking with groups of people. Or maybe you have a newly required diet change that makes it difficult to fellowship with those whom you minister to. Another idea that is really important for you to stop is if the only thing that is keeping you from quitting is your pride and your fear, those are not good reasons to keep going. Perhaps all that extra work and all those new ideas and activities you have done and tried have not made any difference. Or finally, maybe your priorities have changed and you have a different view of your ministry and your work. Or the ministry's priorities have changed, and you haven't. There are probably other good reasons to stop, too, that you can think of. Some other points to consider before deciding are these. Make sure you have and take the time to choose. Don't just decide. Sometimes you need a break, a refocus, and then you can continue, perhaps only with some slight changes. If this is possible, it may really help your ministry. Take that time to think. Refocus with a coach, a mentor, or a mastermind group, and then continue moving on. Here are some what-if questions that are attributed to Michael Hyatt about change that may be useful before you finally decide. What if this isn't the end, but a new beginning? God is a God of renewal, after all, and we are part of this renewal. God is bringing through the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. 
Another question he has is, what if the answer to my prayer is just over the next hill? Maybe you just need to rest in him a little bit longer and wait a little bit longer. What if this is necessary in order for you to be prepared for the next important chapter in your life? Life and our futures are in God's hands, and it is not for us to know what will happen next. At least not most of the time. Another question is, what will I be telling my grandchildren that I learned that was so valuable in this season of my life? I love this question as the big picture again becomes clear. Finally, when you do quit, don't totally give up. Refocus, straighten your shoulders, and move on to something even better. Whether or not you feel your ministry decision was a mistake, or it is not really working, or whatever is not really that important because, as I put it in the last podcast, God is a God of redemption and renewal, so we can move on in peace and faith in Him. Also, mistakes are part of being human, and it is no shame to make them. In fact, the best results from mistakes is our learning process from them. Remember, a failure is not forever, and it is usually part of your future success. The moment you learn from your mistakes is the moment you are on your way to the next best ministry idea. The moment you accept what you are doing isn't working, admit it and move on, you are already moving in a positive direction. And we all know that God is always with you and with me. Remember, quitting a wrong activity enables you to start a right one. Your next idea might just be the best one yet. And if this present activity and ministry is weighing you down spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically, and or financially, overstraining you in time and energy, you may not be able to make or develop this next best idea unless you stop this other ministry first. A positive attitude of gratefulness and faith and hope in the Lord, even when you fail, is the key. Be true to God to yourself, to your values and abilities. Think positively about yourself even if you fail. Remember how God sees you as his child full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Accept and own the quitting or stopping or the change and then move on. Be thankful for what you still have and always have in the Lord. Be thankful for what you have learned from this ministry, and remember that the next idea might be your best. So, is God calling you to be faithful to the exact same thing? To tweak what you are doing or to move on? That is the question you must answer. Take some time to reflect on this using the Carl Rogers Reflection Model. You have an experience and then you ask yourself, what happened? Think about it from your perspective, from the perspective of someone on the receiving end of the ministry, the fly on the wall, and if you can, from God's perspective. Then you reflect on the experience and think about your feelings and all the recipient's feelings if you can, and then reflect on what happened after that, both in behavioral and in the consequences. Then you try to form hypotheses as to why this happened and why the results happened. Here is where you may want to revise your opinion, your method, or change everything completely. Finally, you put the newly reached ideas into practice, and then you begin the reflection process all over again. 
After all, we are in a lifelong learning and growing process, and that is positive for us and for our ministries. In the next podcast, I will address how to make a change, especially within an ongoing ministry. Until then, I wish you great success and growth in your decisions and ministries. You've been listening to Patricia Yaley, a business and ministry coach based in Switzerland. She can be reached through her website at www.jehle-coaching.com. You can also get the links to Patricia's social media channels and web pages through our show notes at qtforcm.org. We would like to thank the sponsor of this podcast, the Great Commission Foundation. The Great Commission Foundation provides financial management, administrative services to ministries, and handles charity donation receiving and government compliance in both the United States and Canada. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. We would value your feedback by taking our one-question survey. You'll find the link in our show notes at qt4cm.org. Until next time, be encouraged. God is with us. Serve with joy. Serve with joy.